you can totally see life through art, through the way that light's hitting things. I just think it's neat how God intertwines all of that because he is the ultimate artist. It's just so cool. Welcome to the Jesus Calling Podcast. Today's guests share how God met them in their broken places, and through spending time in Him, they began to see healing. Visual artist and children's book author Amy Cavalleris and contemporary Christian music artist Austin French. If you walk into a Target store or small boutique, chances are you may see something painted by Amy Cavalleris. Amy shares how she learned to express herself through art from an early age, how she faced a season of unexpected loneliness and depression, and about the visual art she does today, often inspired by the wonder-filled worldview of her three little girls. Hello, uh, I'm Amy Cavalleris. I'm a full-time fine artist and children's book author and illustrator for HarperCollins Christian Publishing. Now, as our family is growing, I get to paint from home with my babies on my lap and sell my work worldwide in some really wonderful stores like uh, Anthropology, Target, some smaller boutiques, etc. Uh, I laugh now because years ago, my family would say that in my mind, I kind of lived in like this like movie world, like this dream world. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a good student, but I was always daydreaming. And now I get to create those daydreams for a living. So it's just, it's really fun for me. <laughs> I actually have a little bit of both of my parents and me. My father was very entrepreneurial. My mother was an art teacher for 30 years. So I guess I have a little piece of each of them just from watching them work and their example, how they were treating others. Um, they have this infectious positivity and their love for the Lord. Um, all of these things were just, I guess, really awesome learning tools for me growing up and also for the work that I do today. I mean, really, as as young as being able to hold a pencil, I remember just taking so much joy in like, I would just look at light and the way that it hit things and the way that I would, I was always in my mind thinking, how would I draw this, you know, at a very young age? Um, I loved studying the human face and expression and watching my mother create beautiful artwork in all different mediums. In fact, she could do clay. She could do painting. She could draw. And she was exceptional. And watching her and just the joy and the glow that she had as she was creating was like, it was infectious to me. I can recall vividly the very day, the very place I was when I first heard about Jesus at four years old. And it's funny, I, I just had this innate feeling that God existed and that I just wanted to follow him with my life. And um, it's so cool with all the time that I spent out in nature and sketching, and um, I just had such a connection to the Lord, even as a small child. And now I get to use those same tools every day in my work. So it's just really special. It's funny, as a college-age girl, I always felt like, gosh, what a boring testimony I have. I like grew up in a Christian home. My parents were great. Like, you know, <laughs> like how is that going to influence anyone? Um, but now, as a mother, I'm like, gosh, I'm so thankful for parents that guided me at such a young age towards the truth. It's just such a blessing, truly. So halfway through college, I transferred from an exceptionally large Division One school, like one of the biggest ones in the country, to another very large Division One school. And I found myself just at a complete loss of sense of identity and purpose from sort of who I was before. I was always like very social and involved and um, I think probably found a lot of my identity in what other people thought of me or whatever. And that transferring them to a new place where kids weren't all new like they had all been freshmen and had gone through freshman and sophomore year together so they everybody had a sense of community and I was like found myself all of a sudden just so overwhelmed to dive into this new school 
And I was like, gosh, like who am I anymore? And it was just really overwhelming. But my best friend, Nicole, who I grew up with, she was there at this at the same school that I transferred to. And she and I were like, we would um, do prayer together. And she's such a wonderful friend. And she was like, let's go to this passion conference in Georgia. And so we went and it was wonderful. We heard these wonderful speakers and I found the book, Jesus Calling there. And it just, I was so captivated by the concept of the writer, Sarah Young, um, sharing her perspective on how God spoke to her heart. Um, obviously she was a very, in a very different season as a missionary, but um, I love how she writes it in a way that is like totally sola scriptura, like deeply rooted in biblical truth, but from her perspective of how she would hear God speaking to her heart, I just thought that was such a beautiful concept. I had never seen that done before. Um, and she was going through so many, so many of the same heartaches and trials as I was, even though we were in such different seasons of our life. And I just gobbled up every last word because I thought, gosh, like this can be influential to anyone because it sees you right where you're at. And I just couldn't wait for the next day to read my next devotion. It was so cool. I just saw this complete change in my overall affect and the way that I was seeing everyday life. Um, I did see a therapist then and um, she's still in my life. I love her so much. So once I got out of that pit of depression, I just couldn't stop sharing about the Jesus Calling book with my friends and family. In fact, my almost 90-year-old grandmother, who I would consider to be just such an inspiration in my faith journey. She reads it every single day. And I gave it to her like a decade ago. And she still reads it every day, just starts fresh every year. She's just so sweet. And I love that she's already has all this wisdom and something that I was able to share with her, this precious book of Jesus Calling that she actually um, is using it in her everyday devotions. I just think that's really precious. There's so many interesting stories you can tell just by looking at the way that light hits something. I remember our pastor two weeks ago did a sermon where he would stand in the light when he was talking about certain parts of scripture and then he'd stand in the dark. And it was such a great visual that, yeah, I think God's so intentional with his use of light biblically too. We need to raise our children with a real understanding of the world and not like being just like this dreamy, like whimsical world all the time with them because there's hard stuff that's ahead. But on the other hand, like I think it's so important that we celebrate God's creation and it's fun to add a little whimsy and sparkle into the everyday because, you know, our kids see the everyday as like wonderful and extraordinary and like the different ideas that they have and the way that they approach life is so special and it's so fun to bring that to not only kids but also adults and to kind of remind them like God's creation is really quite whimsical and wonderful um, and we get so caught up in the everyday that we forget to like look up at that beautiful tree or that beautiful sunset so it's been fun having my girls around because Sure, they get to paint with me during the day and they get to be in the studio when I'm working and stuff, but I get so much more watching them and seeing how they react to it. And it's just like, it's like this beautiful relationship that we have where it's just 100% inspires like what I do every day. It's just really sweet. And I want to be totally honest, like I do have help a couple days a week. So it's not like, um, because I think a lot of moms will be like, how do you not lose your mind having your baby in with you painting? And there are some days I do totally lose my mind. (laughs) So that's the truth. But um, I do really want them also to, because my mom was so wonderful with um, engaging me with 
with her work. I want them to experience it. So I do have a couple easels set up in my studio that the girls can come in and they can create mess and I don't have to worry about it. Like they have their own set of supplies. I couldn't have written a more special situation for us to have. So I'm so thankful for it. So the book is called Good Night, My Darling Dear. I had countless ideas about you know, where I saw the storyline going, but I kept having this tugging on my heart to make an incredibly soothing, like almost lullaby-esque style book. I guess I just felt very compelled with so much darkness in this world. It seems like anxiety is on the rise, even in our sweet little small kiddos. Um, and I wanted to write them the most just dreamy, calming, encouraging book to send them off to dreamland. Um, And it's got all these little various whimsical animals. um, And the narrator is the voice of a parent or a loved one or a caregiver that's sharing all the hopes that they have for them and sort of um, speaking blessings over them as they go to bed. The color palette is very soothing and it's kind of silly. Like some of the critters have um, some cute, sweet little smiles on their face, which is a little different than what I traditionally do in my paintings that we sell online and through different retailers. But we thought that would be kind of fun as a nighttime book to sort of take whatever struggle they were going through during the day and sort of set it aside and just kind of interact with these sweet little critters. So I'm so excited to get this into the hands of little ones and to parents. We have been so busy and so many things have been coming into our life. And the more your children grow, the more things get more and more full uh, with things that they have going on. And for me in particular, I just don't want to wish away these childhood years. I treasure them. I just like I I just have so much joy. And I know every season is going to be wonderful. But right now it's just so special with them being young. But our business keeps growing. So that gets tricky. And so I have to be intentional with getting up early in the morning and doing my devotions and um, and just spending time in prayer really constantly throughout the day. But in fact, these last few weeks in particular, there have been several times where I've suddenly felt very overwhelmed. And so I was, I don't know, for whatever reason, that old Gaelic hymn, it's, um, Be Thou My Vision. I kept playing that in my mind and I kept thinking, um, gosh, like, why does the song keep coming into my head? So I need to print that off and I printed it off and it's all around my studio, all around my house. So that every time I get, you know, frustrated or feeling overwhelmed, I need to have that right in front of my face. So every time I look up, I can just be reminded, don't be overwhelmed. God's got this. The only reason you're doing this is because God's provided this opportunity for you. And it's like, I can just read those lyrics and sing that song in my heart. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like this weight is lifted. And I feel like, okay, we can do this. Like, this is all about him. The only reason I'm doing any of this. So um, that would be one thing. And then also just, I I love having the Jesus Calling app on my phone because Lord knows I look at that phone a lot during the day and it's right there when I open my phone in the morning and it's, it's like the perfect way to start the day. I can open it right up and there it is. And it's just so good. It's actually great to have the app, but I love having the book because I can write stuff in the margin and I can go back in a different season of life and see like what I wrote. So I love having the book and the app. They're both really helpful. Jesus Calling June 9th. Seek to live in my love, which covers a multitude of sins, both yours and others. Wear my love like a cloak of light covering you from head to toe. Have no fear, for perfect love decimates fear. Look at other people through lenses of love. See them from my perspective. This is how you walk in light, and it pleases me. 
I want my body of believers to be radiant with that light of my presence. How I grieve when pockets of darkness increasingly dim the love light. Return to me, your first love. Gaze at me with the splendor of holiness, and my love will once again envelop you in light. Oh my gosh. Well, first, I want to paint that concept of wearing God's love like a cloak of light. How gorgeous is that? What a great visual, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed and you can just picture this this love cloak that just is radiant for Jesus. I think our, our culture, again, like it seems to celebrate so much of looking inward for our own needs and our own truth when I find that the only joy and freedom is when we gaze upon His light and His truth. It's then that we find just that true, indescribable joy and stop chasing after what the world tells us we need. And I just, and again, like speaking of light and light in, in art and how that all comes together, I just feel like there's such a visual every morning when we wake up, that light visual and just seeing God in the light and the everyday moments, I just feel like that's such, I just, that speaks right to my heart. I love, I love this passage. To learn more about Amy's art, or her new children's book, Good Night, My Darling Dear. Visit her website at bloomprintsstudio.com. Stay tuned for our interview with musician Austin French after a brief message about a beautiful new Jesus Calling book that's a perfect way to celebrate the Easter holiday. The Easter season is filled with joy and hope. Now, there's a new way to focus on the holiday with the new book, Jesus Calling for Easter. With 50 Jesus Calling devotions selected just for the Lent and Easter season, Jesus Calling for Easter includes scripture verses alongside breathtaking imagery and exquisite design. Jesus Calling for Easter makes a stunning gift for those who love Jesus Calling and would like a new way to observe the Easter season. To learn more about this beautiful new edition of Jesus Calling, please visit jesuscalling.com books. Rising contemporary Christian music artist Austin French would never have thought that he would be competing on reality singing competitions like ABC's Rising Star and NBC's The Voice, much less serving as a worship leader at a church. Austin's growing up years at home were tough, yet his family was expected to keep up appearances at church, despite the abusive situation in their home. Austin opens up about the hurt he experienced in those years and how he almost walked away from his faith and what and who eventually brought healing. My name's Austin French. I'm a contemporary Christian artist. I'm from Georgia originally, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee now with my wife and two little boys. Early on in my life, I just didn't want to be a Christian. I didn't want to go to church. But our family growing up um, was the family that everyone looked at, saying, oh, they have their life together. Everything looks perfect. But uh, on the inside, as soon as we got into the car or got home, it just felt like World War III at our house. It was an abusive situation. It was a dangerous situation. It was awful. But we put this mask on for church. And as an eight-year-old kid, I remember writing down in a journal that I didn't want to be a Christian. I I didn't understand why we had to change who we were at church um, and we couldn't be who we were all the time. And so as an eight-year-old kid, I wrote down, I never want to be a Christian. And then my parents got a divorce when I was eight, and it was a really big thing in a small town in Georgia. We were the biggest church in the area, and their worship pastor 
got a divorce because of a very terrible home life and um, a lot of different things that went in that. And so I remember the pastor coming to our house and sitting down, my two sisters and I and my mom, and saying, hey, we love you. We're hurting for you, but please never come back. And then I decided at that point that well, now my church is embarrassed of me. Like, I must have something wrong with me that the church can't handle. And so I, I kind of decided at that moment in my life, too, that I was just done with the church forever. So after my parents got a divorce, my dad and I had a terrible relationship. Um, you know, I kind of held a lot of bitterness. And, you know, I would look at my friends playing catch in the yard with their dads, and I didn't have that anymore. Um, and so I, I just remember like feeling that even as a young kid of my life will never be the same. I'll never have a real dad in my life. And that's just something I kind of came to grips with as a young kid. And it kind of affected me, maybe caused me to grow up a little bit faster too. And then until I was in eighth grade, I kind of just played the part of the Christian for a long time. I knew the answers about Jesus. I just never met the guy. And then my mom got a church job as a worship leader. And it wasn't until later on, about eighth grade, when I decided I wanted to play the guitar. And so it really was just through this process of wanting to play guitar. My mom shipped me off to this music camp. And a guy got up at the very end of the, the night and talked about hypocrisy for the very first time I'd ever heard about it. And he said, there's a lot of people that follow Jesus with their lips, but they never follow him with their life. That's not what being a Christian is. It's called hypocrisy. And he said, don't judge Jesus on the people that he came to save. He said, broken people hurt broken people. And at that moment, I realized that I had been hurt by broken people, not Jesus. And Jesus is what he told me was he was the healer of broken people. I needed healing. I was hurting. I had had unforgiveness on my heart, scars that I just needed someone to heal and step in. And that night I met Jesus and everything changed. Like my relationship with my dad, um, it changed a lot throughout the years after I got saved and realized that forgiveness needed to be a part of the process. But because of the relationship I had with him, that was my basis on who God was as a father, right? But God is its own thing. God is a perfect father, an example. So that relationship that he had with Jesus and that he wants with us, that redefines the relationship. So yeah, I, I just think a lot of people have been scarred by the relationships around them. I needed to forgive my dad. And, and so at that point, our relationship was super rocky, barely talking. And I remember calling him up after I got saved and just saying, Dad, God forgave me tonight. God forgave my life. He gave me a hope. He gave me something I don't deserve. And I think you deserve it too. And that was really hard. Like it wasn't, I wish I could say I let all that bitterness go in, a, in an instant, but it was a process for me. Um, it took years. Um, to really kind of let go of everything I had seen and experienced through the years. But I was trying. I was uh, trying to have conversations with my dad, spend time with him. My dad um, is an amazing guy now. Like God has got a hold of his life. It's something that only God could do. My dad was in a serious car accident. And at this point, right before this accident, um, we had kind of gotten to the point where my dad finally asked for forgiveness. And so he, he kind of said, okay, Austin, will you forgive me? I'm sorry I wasn't the man I needed to be. And, and so I, I said, okay, Dad, I forgive you. And so we start, our relationship even grew more. And then I remember getting a phone call about 
three in the morning and saying that my dad had been in a serious car accident um, and that he may not make it. And I just remember that was the very first time I went to God and I said, why God? Uh, why God would you take my dad? We just, I, the dad I lost as a kid, I feel like I'm just getting him back and you're going to take him from me? I went to go see my dad and at that point he was still awake, he could still see me and I, I was just praying for my dad. I remember at one point in my life as an eight-year-old kid wishing my dad was not around because I was so afraid of him. And then at this moment, seeing my dad on this hospital bed praying, God, please just keep him here. I don't want to lose him. Those feelings that I had for my dad at that moment, I never thought I would have. Um, and it was just proof that God does heal hearts. But he, did, he didn't wake up totally healed. Um, he did, despite all the doctor's advice and things that they said were going to happen, he did wake up. Um, and he was alive and breathing. But my dad is permanently blind for the rest of his life now. But my dad's alive. My dad's breathing, and he's with us today. He, he is a huge fan of my music, and he's a fan of me, and our relationship is better than ever. Um, and I'm grateful. Uh, God may have not given my dad sight back, but he gave his life back, and um, that's something to be grateful for. Our story's a little crazy. Um, me and my wife, I was on a TV show, and after this TV show, oh, I got married in the middle of the show. I'm touring a lot. That means my music is, is out and people are interested in it. But if I'm being honest, anytime the Lord is doing something, the enemy is going to come and attack it. Um, and just last night, me and my wife were sitting down and talking. Of just like there, We feel like my career is on this mountaintop, um, but our family honestly just feels like we're kind of walking through this valley of how do we juggle this? How do we stay connected? How do we continue to grow together. And I know this is where God has called me and where he has us. And it's, he's made that very evident even to my wife. And so, so a lot of times it's kind of that why God moment again. It's like, is it bad for us to ask the question, why God is this so hard? And we have to continue to lean on the Lord daily to be everything that we need because we're very needy people. All of us are. We need people. We need people in our life, but ultimately we need a God who's with us and walking with us. So the way that we stay connected um, on the road is one, I, I take a lot of early flights home. Um, I drive through the night a lot of times to get home as much as I can to be here. But FaceTime's a big thing. And also just like trying to lead my family spiritually while I'm on the road is a big thing. Like doing devotions together and reading the Bible through FaceTime together uh, praying together, um, whether I'm here or I'm, I'm in another state, you know, like we try to stay connected as much as possible. So my family has kind of been a fan of Jesus Calling for a long time. I got mine for a high school graduation gift. Um, and so for me, it navigated a moment for me, uh, really the first year out of high school. There was a lot of crazy things happening in my life. I know I've shared a lot of them already, it helped me navigate a season of, of not knowing what I was going to do with my life, where I was at. And in a season where I just felt like, okay, like I, God, like where, where do you want me? What am I doing? Where am I going? What is my purpose? And that's honestly where Jesus Calling kind of came into my life, um, of reading that here and there, and really just God using that to speak into my life. And actually it was through a Jesus Calling um, a devotional that I realized that I needed to like go into full-time ministry. 
And I just remember a God specifically speaking through that, that I needed to pour myself out for the church. And after reading um, Jesus Calling through that season of my life, I decided I'd go kind of to go into full-time ministry. Um, and it's a big reason in a way why I'm doing what I do today. I think the only way to find a relationship with Jesus and truly find freedom in Jesus is to understand that brokenness is a part of the story. Um, no matter how perfect your life has seemed or how messed up it's been or how many scars you have, Jesus wants all of it. He died for all of it. And I think somewhere along the way, we've, as Christians, or maybe even the Christian culture, or maybe the church culture, um, it's this whole thing of turning our life into these perfect things or this the idea that we have to be perfect people following Jesus. Um, that's not why Jesus came. Uh, he came because he knew our need for him. So I would encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast or anyone who's trying to figure out their own relationship with Jesus through the scars that they've had. Um, I want you to know that those scars are literally the example that you need to need Jesus in your life. He's not the one who's caused those scars. Maybe the people around you have. And I don't want you to think that those scars define you. Scripture tells us Jesus was scarred for us. He was persecuted for us. He was beaten and bruised for us. He wore a crown of thorns for us. He carried a cross for us. And now we're not defined by our scars or the scars that you're walking through right now, but we're defined by His. If you're having a trouble relating to Jesus because you think He's this perfect thing, that, or this perfect religion, that's not what Jesus is. It's a relationship with someone who was scarred for you so that you can be reconciled with him. You can find out about Austin's music at his website by visiting austinfrenchmusic.com. If you'd like to hear more stories about how God heals our hearts, check out our interview with Mercy Me's Bart Millard. Next time on the Jesus Calling Podcast, we speak with Joseph Rev Run Simmons. Rev Run was the frontman of the legendary hip-hop group Run DMC, which sold tens of millions of records around the world, and was recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But even at the height of his fame, Rev Run admits he wasn't happy. For me, I was very excited being Run DMC, and it was a big thing, and it was all over the televisions and all over the charts, and it was a big thing. But, you know, there's this void that success and money can't fill. So my top, my very top became my bottom because you, you, you keep looking for something for, to fill this. I want to be happy. I want to be happier. I want to be happiest. And you think that that um, making hit records or money or, or cars or fame or people saying, oh, you're the greatest. People praising you for you making your music would, would do it. But actually... When you start praising God, that's when you get happy. So that's what happened for me. Do you love hearing these stories of faith weekly from people like you whose lives have been changed by a closer walk with God? Then be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling Stories of Faith podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review so that we can reach others with these inspirational stories. And you can also see these interviews on video as part of our original web series, with a new interview premiering every other Sunday on Facebook Live. Find previously broadcast interviews on our YouTube channel on IGTV or on JesusCalling.com slash video.